Welcome to the Midlife Career Rebel, the podcast created for high-achieving professional women to gain the clarity, confidence, and courage they need to go after and get the life and career they want. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Parker-Walsh, lawyer, social scientist, brand strategist, executive coach, entrepreneur, and midlife career rebel. Each week, you'll learn strategies to manage your mind, navigate the challenges of midlife, and take control of your career so you can thrive doing the work you love. So if you're ready to tear up that rule book and create your own, you're in the right place. And I can't wait to show you how. Hey, 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 Rebels. Welcome back to the podcast. We are rocking and rolling in our fifth season. And I have had such an enjoyable time talking with the amazing guests that we've been able to chat with over the last year of doing the Midlife Career Rebel podcast. And today is no different. Um, Today we have Lori Seitz on. She is the founder and CEO of Zen Rabbit and host of the podcast, Fine is a four-letter word, which I love. She is an award-winning writer, speaker, and broadcaster. Lori is on a mission to teach the world to be calm and grounded no matter what's going on. She is a nationally recognized gratitude and meditation expert. And when she's not working, you can find Lori in her sanctuary, aka the weight room in the gym, something I probably should be in. Um, She also loves cupcakes and Thai food and classic rock music. So we definitely have that in, in, in common. And, you know, what we're going to be talking about today is um, the topic of tolerating. It's it's something that Lori knows about. She's talked about it. Um, I've heard her talk about it, which is why I really wanted her to come on and talk about that topic with us, particularly in terms of, you know, how we tend to tolerate and maybe settle for things um, as we're about to close out the year and step into a new year, this is the perfect time to start maybe taking stock and what's been holding you back from stepping into the things that you really want. So with that, I am so excited to have Lori on the show. Welcome, 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 Lori. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Like I was looking forward to this all day. (laughs) I'm so excited. I was too, because I think it's such an amazing topic. Like we all know that good is the enemy of great. And I found that over the years, so many women, at least the work that I do with career women is that they settle for good enough, right? They, particularly when they've reached the top of the career ladder or, you know, they've gotten a really good cushy job and, you know, everything's going okay. And it all seems good enough. And they stop there, even though they feel called or have a desire to maybe step into or do something different. And, you know, I know in my own experience, I know women tend to, we have a high tolerance for, um, you know, suffering. And so <laughs> to be able to, <laughs> right. And yeah. so, you know, they, they kind of sit in the state and they settle when they could do or be or have so much more. So I would love to open it up and just in your experience, you know, on this particular topic, why do women tend to tolerate, right? Why, why are we the ones that seem to be more played with this than others? <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I mean, I know more because I've had more conversations with women as my friends, although I don't know. I think, I think it's across the board that okay. people in general tend to tolerate things because it's that whole thing of like, it's fine. It's mm. fine. There's nothing majorly wrong. Like there's not, um, you know, a rock in their shoe that they need to take it off and remove it. it. Or maybe there is it, but it's just a tiny pebble. It's not, it's okay. It's not really bothering me all that much. I'll, I can live. 
And mm-hmm. because it would be too much of an effort to stop and take the shoe off mm-hmm. or it's yeah. You know, sometimes we tend to overlook the, the things that will, they don't seem like they're slowing us down that much mm-hmm. and we don't want to slow down at all. But if you did slow down and take the rock out of your shoe, you could walk faster without it, but you don't realize that until maybe you actually do stop, but you're just like, no, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's just easier to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and I think you said something really powerful. You said it's too much of an effort, right? You know, that, and, but, but it's so interesting because it's an effort to make a change. But if we use your example of the rock in the shoe, it would be so much better, right? To, to like, you can go faster, you can do more, you're out of pain. Mm-hmm. So like, what is it about like not taking the effort? Like, why does it feel like it would be an effort when we are like kind of stuck in this toleration or settling kind of thing? Because we're already in motion. And sometimes I think it's hard to accept that sometimes you have to stop or slow down in order to go faster. Mm. I remember many years ago, a friend sharing with me that her dad had said, sometimes like when you're opening the refrigerator, for example, you have to step back to move forward. (laughs) Oh, that's a good example, right? You can't stand in front of the refrigerator and open it at the same time. You do have to stand back uh, to be able to do that. That's a really good analogy. (laughs) Right. He's a very smart man, I guess. So, (laughs) but, but right. It's, it's hard to picture, okay, wait, I have to slow down or stop or step back in order to go forward. I'm already in forward motion. I'm just going to keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And is there, Oh, please. I was going to say it's comfortable, yeah. even though it's not necessarily um, the best, the most beneficial, but it's familiar, I guess is the better word. It's familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I, I often find that um, the thing that what people are, the fear around slowing down mm-hmm. is the realization of something that maybe you don't want to face or don't want to deal with. Right. Is that, is that your experience? Would you say that, you know, because you would think slowing down, you know, I think of it like a speed bump, right. You know, you have to kind of slow down and then you go over the speed bump. You can't always go through, but like, what is it about not wanting to slow down to take a breath for a moment that is so unbearable, right? Mm -hmm. Because we live in a society that tells us that the way to success is the 24 seven hustle. Just mm. keep, keep grinding. And that's your path to success. We, so many of us, myself included, have been conditioned, raised to believe these beliefs are deeply rooted mm-hmm. and they are lies, but we believe them with our entire being because it's been so ingrained in us. And it's yeah. very difficult to, it's possible it's difficult to rewire the brain. And that's, I mean, that's essentially what I'm doing with people is helping rewire their brain to these new beliefs, to be open to the idea of this 24 seven hustle work all the time, do all the things that is not the path to success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a path to like burnout, 
which is mm-hmm. what we do experience a lot in our society, right? You know, it's like, yes. it's, going back to your earlier analogy, it's like we keep the pebble in the shoe and we're in pain and we're bleeding and we're, you know, limping and wondering why our legs are working right. But hey, I'm still moving forward. I'm still doing the thing. And, you know, even though it's painful for us, and you mentioned this too, it's like, it's, un- it's moving us out of our comfort zone to slow down and maybe change the situation, even though it is painful, it feels uncomfortable. It like takes us out of our comfort zone. Like, like what, what is that about? Well, it goes against these beliefs that we've been trained and accepted as truth. Mm-hmm. Cause everyone around us has, you know, it, no pain, no gain. Yeah. That's, yeah. It, like these sayings are throughout our, our raising our upbringing and our life now. Yeah. And so we buy into it because everyone around us is buying into it. And a lot of people, you don't stop and question, mm-hmm. you just keep going. And I know personally, like I was doing all the things in my business, doing all the things. So doing, okay. One where we're not human doings, but I was doing all the things and they weren't getting me where I wanted to go. So, you know, what I did was more of them and harder. Let's go do more of the things. And for a longer period of time, they're not working, but maybe if I do more, mm-hmm. they'll work. Wow. Craziness. I know it sounds crazy, but it's, it is exactly what we do. So is that, that experience, is that what got you into doing the work that you do now? We're now, you know, you're naturally known for doing this kind of, you know, gratitude and, and uh, mindfulness work. You think I would have learned from my first business <laughs> that that didn't work. <laughs> But no, I didn't. Um, and I got into doing doing this business. So my first business, I was making and marketing a product called the Gratitude Cookie that was based on a family recipe and created it as a product for businesses to say thank you to their clients and people who sent them referrals. Ran that business for 11 years, couldn't scale it quite the way I wanted to. And I ended up shutting it down. Um, but I had been talking a lot about gratitude and using gratitude in business and how it differentiates a business and all the things about gratitude. It, is and, that where Zen Rabbit came from? Yes. The it name? was Zen Rabbit yeah. Baking Company. Yeah. Originally. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then right before, right when pandemic started, I was asked to, I, so I went away from talking about gratitude, did some other stuff in marketing and networking and came, uh, somebody asked me to come do a presentation on gratitude right at the beginning of March, like March, 2020, April, 2020, around there. And that brought me back into this whole world of, again, talking about gratitude. And then I brought in the pieces about meditation and tolerating things and, and how do we teach ourselves to stay calm and grounded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. And so you've been doing this, so transitioning from the hustle of trying to do your business and doing some other things, you moved into this state of doing this type of work. And what type of things did you have to learn about yourself or change in order for you to kind of live what you were kind of preaching, if you will, or teaching to other people? Yeah. So the really interesting thing is I was, have been teaching this for a couple of years now and around May of June of this year, 2022, I was, I fell back into the trap of doing all the things and not seeing the success and just 
going, going, going. I live by myself. So why not just work all the time? Because what else do I have to do? So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and by July, I was, "I I can't do this anymore. I'm not having fun. I believe life is meant to be fun and to have experiences. And that's what we're here for. And I wasn't doing any of that. I'm like, this is crazy. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. And I took off the whole month of August. I cleared my calendar, took off the, the month and went on a sabbatical road trip with my 19 year old cat. I had to <laughs> step out in faith that I, I have to shut everything down because I just can not do it anymore. And what I found happened, interestingly enough, like I knew this intellectually, uh-huh. but then I actually proved it to myself that not doing all of the things actually brought me more success Mm. than when I was in front of the computer all the time doing all the things. Mm. Yeah. When you were more intentional about it, you know, what, what I really love about that. And I think this is such a good example that just because we know something to your point intellectually in our mind, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that the rest of us have caught up with it. Right. And so You know, even like when I think about, you know, people who are like listening in their careers and they're thinking, oh, maybe I want to switch or maybe I want to do something different. There's always this idea that as soon as I switch or make the decision to switch, it's all going to work out beautifully fine, right? Mm -hmm. It's all going to come together. But to your earlier point, you have to unlearn some things. We've been so conditioned in our society to be a certain way, to operate a certain way that it takes a moment to identify and realize that's what you're doing and then to kind of pull it back and unlearn it so that you can move into the next thing or move into the thing that you really want to do or how you really want to be in the world so I think that's a great it's a great example of I think how it really is Mm -hmm. when you really want to do something different and that even for yourself as much as you believed it and knew it in your mind you still had to take a moment to just say wait a minute this is not necessarily the right thing I want to do or the way that I want to do it, which I think is great. Yeah. Again, our society wants to tell us how we should be. Yeah. And the real key here is stepping back and allowing yourself the, the space to get quiet enough to hear your own inner voice. That is the only thing that knows what's right for you. And so when I'm working with my clients, I'm teaching them how to use meditation as a tool, but there are so many others, meditation, journaling, gardening. I mean, there's a million different ways and to, I, to, um, define what meditation is and I like yeah. to break down all the myths and misconceptions around that. But ultimately you're getting in touch with your own inner voice mm-hmm. because we've got, you know, social media, traditional media, family, society, friends, everybody wants to tell you what to think. And what to do? What's the best thing for you? They don't know. Yeah, that voice inside you knows, and it could be called intuition. Whatever it is, we tend to discount it. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it, it, that can't be right. It's telling me to leave my job after twenty years. No, that's such crazy talk. Yeah, but it gets louder and louder until you finally listen. Oh, I love that so much. And you're right. We're not only told what to do, but then we also are so, like you said, inundated with information with social media that we start looking at other people thinking, oh, that's the way to do it. So then Mm -hmm. we start convincing ourselves 
that either what we're doing or our own internal voice is completely wrong because look at Instagram, you know, Susie at cutie pie number five, and she's not doing it that way. So clearly, right? right. I can't do it that way. So we, we put that judgment and pressure on ourselves as well as getting, listening to well-meaning friends or other people around us telling us, oh, no, 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 that's crazy. You shouldn't do that. That is so true. And particularly at midlife, we have been inundated with these messages for a lot longer than most. So yeah. do you find that it's harder for like the clients that you work with to help them to truly tone out, um, you know, get rid of all the other voices and tune those out so they can tune into themselves? Yes and no, because it is deeply ingrained at mm -hmm. this point. At the, at the other end of the spectrum, we are at this point where a lot of us are reevaluating mm. what's going on in our lives. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a transitional point naturally because Parents are passing away. Kids, if you have them, are growing up and not needing you in the same way they did when they were little. Um, you know, maybe we've been with a partner for 20 or 25 years and you're like, oh, I don't know if this is still working. You know, all of these transition places where we, I think, are a little bit more open mm. to reevaluating and, and reconsidering Hmm. Mm -hmm. Is this how I want to continue living? Yeah. Even if, even if it's been fine. Yeah. All the way up to this point, it doesn't have to be, you know, horrible. Yeah. But it's, it's fine. Is this how I want to continue the next 20 or 30 or 40 years? Yeah, that's a good point. I found that I either have people who had a significant event that made them rethink some things or to your point, it's just kind of like been a slow drip mm -hmm. that it's been enough over time that it's like, hey, I think I want to do something different. W what are like some of the signs that you maybe that people may be at that place where they're like, okay, I've been tolerating this. I've been having that rock in my shoe long enough and I'm ready to make a change. Like, like what's the, I don't know, the steps or the catalyst or like, you know, the signs to look for to maybe say, maybe I need to lean in more to listening to myself or getting the support I need to start listening to my own voice and not every other voice around me. Mm -hmm. I think it's a general undercurrent of suck. <laughs> someone said to me, you just, it's, you maybe it. can't put That's your a finger tweetable. on it. That's a tweetable. That's a tweetable. I love the it. general undercurrent of suck. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's not necessarily a monumental event, but it's something that builds up and maybe you're, you're just feeling dissatisfied. You're getting annoyed by things that didn't used to annoy you, or you're just, you just look around one day and you go, this is what it is. I, this cannot be what it is. Yeah. How did I end? And you, I mean, maybe it's a certain birthday or some kind of, um, you know, landmark Thing that happens in your life and you just go how did I get here yeah yeah you know it's interesting um you know the news I see this just all over the place around the heightened level of mental health issues that we're facing today and how COVID has you know what I think I heard someone say it's not that it invented everything or brought it about it just exacerbated what was already there mm -hmm. um, and I think there is this push and pull between when we were on lockdown 
it kind of forced us into examining and looking for the first time at things around us. And then as we try to go back to normal, there's this struggle with like, what is normal? And what do I, do I want to go back to what was before? Because now I'm starting to actually see things differently. You know, I I mean, I know this is probably out of the scope here, but um, I'm just, if people don't listen to that, like if they just stay the charge and run the race, like what's the potential impact of that? I I, I mean, I, I think one is what we're seeing now is this heightened level of mental health and challenges and inability to function really mm-hmm. by just kind of tolerating and settling and, and saying, oh, well, let me just keep going and not pay attention to it. Have you seen or like, like, what are your thoughts about the impact of not listening to that? I love it. General undercut of suck. <laughs> undercurrent. undercurrent. Yeah. Undercurrent of suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, it's going to result in regret. At the end of your life, wow. are you going to regret the things that you didn't do, the things that you tolerated? A friend of mine just this week brought me, uh, she just sent me a video of a woman who wrote a book about the five regrets of the dying or something like that. And one of them was that I wish I had been happier. I wish I had allowed myself to be happier. Wow. I wish I had lived my life you know, not for everyone else, mm. not that you're, you know, selfish and ignoring everybody else, but more done what more, what I wanted to do. Yeah. Trying to please everyone else. Totally agree with that. You know, one of um, my, my doctors is in human development um, and Eric Erickson's um, when he talks about the lifespan, there's a whole book in the lifespan. He talks about it midlife where, where and through the ages you're looking forward when you get into midlife is when you start looking back and that regret is the most damaging and detrimental thing that you can experience at this time because you're starting to reflect about what am I leaving? What legacy am I leaving? And that's when we start thinking about all the things we could have done, should have done um, yeah. that could really impact us and like send us into a funk about the sum total of our life. And there's another um, psychologist, I think his name is Gilovich, Tim Gilovich, who talks about regret and that most people, when he did the study, that people don't regret what they've done because they can either get over it or justify it. But the biggest regret people have are over the things they didn't do when they just tolerated or settled and, you know, kept that rock in their shoe. I'm just looking up. um, So I, Dan Pink, author Dan Pink yes has a his newest book is called the power of regret how looking backward moves us forward Mm. and I I went to a book signing where he was talking about this book and he was talking about how the purpose a lot of people say they want to live life without regrets and he doesn't think that is possible or desirable because it's those regrets that then allow you to make adjustments moving forward that when you look at what you regret it helps you change your course and go well i wish i had done that then so i'm going to do this other thing now to kind of correct it yeah i think you know if you have the chutzpah to like you say to slow down 
to listen to your voice, to take that pebble out of your shoe. I think absolutely. So I think there's, I would say not to argue with Dan Pink, I would say, and I haven't read the book. So let me just say this, but I would say there's a step between realizing having a regret and actually doing something about it. And I think that goes to your point earlier, which is that you have to slow down, unplug, unlearn and start listening and tuning into your own voice Mm-hmm. So that you can then go into that next step and do the things that maybe you regret it. So I think that's, I think what we're talking about is that in between of yeah. if you're at that point of tolerating, settling and realizing, is this really what I want to do? That these are some of the, the things that you really need to implement and start doing so that you can get to the other side of that. Yeah. And, and then there's the, you bring in my belief that everything everything that has happened happened like it couldn't have happened any other way. There's, um, totally there's, there's this guy named, uh, Peter Crone and I follow him on Instagram. He's known as the mind architect. Mm -hmm. And he has this quote that I absolutely love. The first time I heard it, I had to go, wait, 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 what did he say? And it's what happened happened and it couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't. Oh, I love it. I sound like something from Harry Potter too, actually, but I, <laughs> I think that's so great. I think that's so great. Okay. So you so- can have your regrets at the same time. Don't beat yourself up. It turned, it was it yes. happened the way it was supposed to happen. And now what are you going to do with this? Yeah, completely. There's there, that reminds me of a, a quote that I love by F Scott Fitzgerald that talked about you know, listen, there's never too late and you're never too old to change Mm. courses and to do something different, you know? And, you know, I'm paraphrasing a lot, but he's like, if you're not happy, if you're not experiencing things you want to experience, then I hope that you have the courage to change it. Right. You know? And so that is so true. I love it. I love it. So what are some, you know, I love that you have multiple definitions of meditation because I think people can get really tripped up on like, I can't sit still. And so I, therefore I can't meditate. A hundred percent. What are some other like tools or tips or resources that you think would be useful for people who are at that place, listening to this thinking, yes, I need to move forward and, you know, try to start slowing down and listening to myself. Yeah. Well, I would advise that first of all, like you said, meditation is a lot of different things. It's not just sitting for an hour, cross-legged on the floor in silence. Yes. There are a lot of different. And some of us midlife people can't get on the floor across our legs. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to. There's the good news. <laughs> I mean, meditation could be just unplugging from your electronics uh, is a great first step. So having an, an evening routine, people talk a lot about morning routines and I believe in that as well. And an evening routine. And again, I'm a work in progress here too. I'm not, you know, but turning off your electronics, turning off your computer, not looking at your phone for at least an hour before you go to bed. It's because it's, it's affecting the, your brain. Definitely no watching the news before you go to sleep, because all of that negativity is coming into your brain and then you're falling asleep and it's going into your subconscious. Mm. So the way to reprogram your mind and rewire your brain is through that subconscious that, that it's called alpha brainwave level, which is kind of right between being fully awake and being all the way asleep. Mm. And any messages you're putting in there at, 
at that level are going straight into your subconscious, which is what controls 95% of your, what you do every day. Completely. Yeah. And so, yeah. So turning off your electronics, um, and doing the same at some point during the day, if you want to go out for a walk in nature, do not take your phone with you. I mean, or if you, if you absolutely have to, you know, keep it in your pocket, don't have headphones in, just pay attention to what's going on in nature around yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great tips and suggestions. And I think, you know, for anyone who is feeling that angst, that undercurrent of shit, of suck <laughs> or shit, oh, you that know, works too. right. Whatever, whatever works for you. Right. You know, if you're in the, if you're feeling that in the moment, right, this is so, this is such great advice to just start there because I think because of our society, we're programmed to move immediately into action. So I feel this way, therefore I should quit my job. I should look for something different. I should just like do some action steps that'll get me out of where I'm feeling. And what you're suggesting, I think is so incredibly important and powerful because if you don't know, if you don't listen to your own voice or even know what you want, why are you taking all these action steps that are ultimately made take you out of the frying pan and into the fire, right. Mm -hmm. To take you to a deeper current of sucking yeah. shit. Right. You yeah. Know? yeah. So what you're saying, I think is so important. So if you find yourself on this precipice, please take this advice, find a way to really hear yourself so that you can make the best decisions for yourself and not find yourself just in a worse situation. So I think this is so, so incredible. It's so important. It's like the first step to anything else that you want to do. If you find yourself in that place. Love yeah. It. In fact, even taking a step back from that, that's a great thing. Do that. And mm -hmm. even quicker when you're just sitting at your desk or wherever, take 60 seconds and just focus on your breathing, breathing all the way down to your abdomen, because we do not breathe properly. I mean, mm. we breathe enough to stay alive, but we're not really oxygenating our blood and our brains. And so if, when you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, just stop and take several deep breaths all the way down to your abdomen, breathe them in, breathe out and just give yourself 60 seconds, 120 seconds, whatever it is. And you will feel immediate difference in, in your level, in your stress level. And you will feel more calm. You'll feel more grounded. And then you can make decisions from a place of responding instead of reacting. Mm, good point. Good point. I love that. So I'm going to ask Laura, I ask everyone this, what does being a career rebel mean to you? <laughs> I love this question. So <laughs> it, it's funny because a, a few weeks ago I, I was writing a chapter for a book and we were instructed to write a letter to our reader, like a love letter before we wrote the chapter. And what came out of that was I, I came up with this idea that I was writing to a closet rebel. Like my, mm. my ideal reader is a closet rebel. It's somebody who, like I was, like I was enough of a rebel to go do things, mm -hmm. but not enough to like get arrested. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I feel like, yeah, a, a career rebel is somebody who has done the things that they were supposed to do 
And now has reached a point where they're like, oh, wait a minute. Now they're checking in with themselves, like we talked about and going, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to do what makes me happy. And they get a little rebellious and it's, it's rebellion against the, the constrictions of what you are supposed to do. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. So Lori, where can people find you? Love the name of the podcast. You know, fine is a four letter word, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, but you. where can people find you or what resources or, you know, how can they just access some of the great things that you have to offer? Yeah, the best place to do that is at zenrabbit.com, which is my website, zenrabbit.com. And there you have all the links to my socials, to the podcast, as well as a bunch of resources that I I do some, I have some meditations available, some articles, all kinds of resources there. So that's the best place to go. That is so awesome. Well, Lori, thank you so much for spending this time together. This was a great conversation. And I think a really necessary one, particularly this time of the year when things get super hurried and frantic and crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. You are welcome. Well, listen, that's it for today, Rebels. Thank you so much for joining us. And listen, if you want some support in meditating and getting in touch with your inner voice so that you can make the best decisions for yourself, check out what Lori has to offer um, and use some of those resources to really help yourself. And if you want some support in stepping into the career and life you love, um, making that transition because you're in a current undercurrent of some shit, (laughs) then I want you to reach out to me, schedule a free 30 minute discovery session, and we can talk about all the ways to stop tolerating and settling and stepping into a career and life you love. Listen, thanks for joining me. And until next time, have an amazingly rebellious week. See you soon. Hey, if you're loving what you're learning on the podcast, then you've got to come check out the Career Rebel Academy. It's where you'll get the individual help and support you need applying the concepts and strategies you're learning here and so much more. You'll be joined by a community of other rebels just like you, and I'll be there as your guide every step of the way. If you're genuinely looking to change the course of your life and career, I promise you, this is the place you'll want to be. Just go to www.carolparkerwalsh.com forward slash career dash rebel dash academy. I can't wait to see you there.